1: Welcome back to the show. I'm Dr. Lowe. Thank you for joining me for another episode. I am here at the office at Shine Natural Medicine, taking a sec to record this intro, been uh, seeing patients all day today, and it's been a good day. Slightly low blood sugar, so going to have my lunch here in a sec. This week's episode is very relevant to what's happening right now. Um, When we first recorded this, this is when the COVID stuff was um, you know, kind of taking off, but it's relevant to now because we're in flu and cold season. So the different takeaways that we'll be talking about will be absolutely relevant to that as well. And I am seeing this more in my practice, people getting, you know, some cold symptoms and naturopathic medicine is really great for helping to alleviate that and to shorten the duration of having a cold or a flu. Now, if you want to be a patient, you're welcome to come see me. I'm in the San Diego area, but I also work with patients all over the country, so if you don't have a doctor in your area that you can work with, that you want to have more of a natural perspective, I would be happy to work with you. To learn more about that, head over to ShineNaturalMedicine.com, and basically the way it works, we do our appointment over the phone. I order any labs that I think would be necessary, which usually includes full blood work that looks at your blood sugar, your liver, kidneys, your immune system, uh, full thyroid panel. We look at vitamin D, which is super important for the immune system and also deficiencies. I am a huge believer that when we have optimal nutrition, our bodies work optimally. So but the vast majority of us don't have optimal levels of our nutrients. And to date, in the last 10 years of practicing, I've seen two patients have optimal levels of their vitamins and minerals. And keep in mind, I'm seeing patients who take really good care of themselves usually so happy to help if you need it. And before we jump into the show, want to give some love to Paleo Valley, our show sponsor. And on the topic of immune health, they have a really great vitamin C that I've been using a lot with my patients called Essential C Complex. And I'll tell you why I'm a fan because the vast majority of the time, The vitamin C on the market is actually GMO. It's made from GMO corn, which is so creepy. It's highly processed in a lab, and you think you're buying something healthy, like uh, Emergency, for example, and you're not getting something that is actually very healthy for you. It just looks healthy on the label. So what this is, it's a complex that comes from uh, food sources. So it's unripe um, acerola cherry as well as camu camu and amla berry, which if you're not familiar with those, those are superfoods that come from uh, Peru. They come from um, Ayurvedic um, traditions. And for example, the acerola cherry is 120 times uh, higher in vitamin C than you would find in an orange. So pretty impressive. And all of these are are organic and they are um, freeze-dried, so they're highly Um, bioavailable for the nutrients. They're not processed, so you don't lose the nutrition. And I'm just a really big fan. They're working really well. So to get yours, head over to paleovalley.com. And then to get a 15% discount, you just do my code, Dr. Low, D-R-L-O, and that will apply to the vitamin C or any other of their products. All right, let's jump into the show and talk about ways to boost your immune system naturally. Hey guys welcome back to the show we have a guest that probably has been on more than any other guest for sure but that's because he's so good and he always has something new to share with us we have dr tom o'brien he is the sherlock holmes for chronic disease he teaches that recognizing and addressing the underlying mechanisms that activate an immune response is the map to highways towards better health he holds teaching faculty positions with the institute for functional medicine at National University of Health Sciences. He's trained and certified tens of thousands of practitioners around the world in advanced understanding of the impact of wheat sensitivity and the development of individual autoimmune diseases. Dr. Tom, welcome back to the show. Hey, Good hey, to thanks, have you.
0: Lauren. Oh gosh, it's so great to be with you. I just miss you. You know, and I miss
1: you, you, my sushi you. buddy. <laughs>
0: that's right. That's right. You know, uh, and, and you know, we'll we'll start off with. Uh, I moved to Southern California in 2010, and you know, I went from Chicago to Encinitas, and yep. you know, we met somewhere around that, and, and what I've been saying so much lately, and it's going to help everyone with this topic today, is that for me to go from Chicago to California, and I drove, you know, it took four days and, uh, with my wow. girlfriend, and we drove over there, but I needed a map. You got to have a map. Yeah. If you want to go somewhere, when when your health is not where you want it to be, you can't get in the car and turn on the ignition just start driving anywhere. You know, you can't say, well, I'll take some vitamins and maybe that's going to help. I mean, that's a shotgun approach. It doesn't you you need the map. You need to find out why is it my body is doing dot dot dot. Yeah. And so we we need the map, which means do the tests, figure out, identify where the, where the biomarkers are that are out of balance and then Start addressing, okay, go here for 150 miles, turn right here, then go eight miles, turn left. And that's the way it is when you're dealing with chronic inflammatory conditions, whether it's depression or fatigue or multiple chemical sensitivities, you need a map. And so mm-hmm. I wanted to start right there.
1: Yeah. And, and these messages are so valid and worth listening to. And it's not, oh, my body's broken. It's that, oh, my right. body's really smart. And it's telling me some things I need to tune in.
0: Right, right. So I'm in, I'm in a broken body right now in Chicago, but I want to get to healthy body San Diego. Mm-hmm. How am I going to do that? You need a map. And, yeah. you, and, and there's never going to be a one pill going to fix you or one diet is going to fix you. And of course, nutrition helps. Of course, it helps to take N-acetylcysteine or glutathione or, or choline, phosphatidylcholine for your brain. Of course, all that stuff helps but it's not going to change the direction that your health is going in. If the lifestyle stays the same.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And we're recording this in July. We're now going into four months of all this COVID stuff going on right now. Yeah. I I'm seeing in my practice where people initially, it was this acute stress and now it's becoming this chronic stress. And with that are coming, you know, worse eating habits People are off their sleep, their sleeping schedules. Um, they have just this chronic mental stress. So that's putting, you know, stress on their physical body and yes. it's just, they're starting to really drag. Yes. Um, so I think you guys listening at this is you, you're going to get some good tips and some encouragements to take along the way. Um,
0: yes, Cause, cause your the bodies
1: goal. are healthy and are, are designed to be healthy and giving it the right tools and maybe setting certain boundaries in place can really make all the difference.
0: Amen to that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but you don't deal with that because you are quarantined in paradise down there in Costa Rica. <laughs> you, jerk.
0: you big jerk. Yes. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. You know, I was on stage in Denver uh, the first week of March, and Marzi, my wife, was in Dublin, and I got off stage, and there was some news thing that what was happening and what was going, and I just you know what? Cancel the rest of my talks. I was supposed Mm -hmm. to come to Chicago and do three talks and then somewhere else and I said it's time to get out of Dodge Mm. So I called my wife and booked her a flight the next morning from Dublin through Amsterdam to Costa Rica and I booked my flight from Denver through Houston to Costa Rica Marzi when she went through Amsterdam the airport closed eight hours later uh, and it was wow. still closed, you know, to anyone coming in. And, no way. And uh, when we got to um, San Jose, Costa Rica, that airport closed two days later, and it still hasn't opened up.
1: Oh, my goodness. You guys slid in right at the nick of time. We
0: did. You know, our angels are watching over us so that we could be here. And we're in the totally. house that, that uh, we stayed in for six weeks for our honeymoon three years ago.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. And
0: yeah, and, you know, so great because in that time, I know I've told you this, during our honeymoon, I read 92 paper, research papers on the blood-brain barrier, 92 in the six <laughs> weeks that we were here, and we, we just had the best time, and my wife loves that I'm a geek, and, you know, we, we just stayed really intimate and close in this whole process. Well, as a result of that, eight months later, the wheat, uh, not wheat the Zoomer Plus test came out. Mm-hmm. Because the Neural Zoomer, which was the most comprehensive test in the world at the time, measuring inflammation in your brain, looked at 18 different markers to your brain. Well, the NeuroZoomer, uh, so I thought that was a good test. But then I mm-hmm. called these guys, like, hey, guys, do you know this or this or this or this? And they said, no, no. I, I sent them the papers. Eight months later, the neural Zoomer Plus came out, Amazing. which looks at 48 markers. Wow inflammation in the brain you want to know if you're heading down the path of brain deterioration and cognitive decline mm-hmm. you do the neural Zoomer plus yeah absolutely you, you hope you hope that it comes back and says you're a mess mm-hmm. you hope that because all those markers are reversible and when when you can I, when you've got markers that say here's where the inflammation is then you learn the protocols to reduce the inflammation then you go back and check in six months or a year and you were positive to 19 of them the first time now you're positive to two and mm-hmm. so and right. your brain functioning so much better
1: yeah people need to
0: see the data for sure that, yeah that's what i mean about the map you need a map
1: mm-hmm. so, yeah so. if you guys aren't familiar with this so we're talking about a, a a blood test you can get done and now actually a finger prick right you can that's run right. these tests through a finger prick so you don't actually have to go into a lab um, and, and you're able to look and see do you have gluten sensitivity? Do you have leaky gut? Do you have, you know, uh, neurodegeneration, like we just talked about? Are you sensitive to, you know, a bunch of other different foods? These are things you can do and get the the data, so you're not just guessing your way through it.
0: Yeah, and I've got uh, four papers from Mayo Clinic published by Mayo Clinic about the accuracy of these tests, and they they refer to them as a. This is a quote: "A new era in laboratory medicine, meaning Amazing. that." They've never seen anything like this. So accurate <laughs> and so comprehensive. Isn't that is funny? It, this is like every day for us. They're like, this is groundbreaking. Incredible. That's, it's like, that's okay,
1: right. we do this that's every right. day. Come on. Right, right, <laughs> catch, right. up, catch up with us.
0: So many practitioners will cross their arms and say, yeah, right. 98% right. sensitivity and 99% specificity. Yeah, right. There's no such thing. Yes, yeah. there is. You yeah. just haven't read the science yet on it. So, you know, we know the
1: gut-brain connection is real. Let's talk about the gut-immune connection in light of all the recent events happening. So why is it that the U.S. has poorer outcomes in other countries in dealing
0: with this virus? That's a really good question, and it's a very comprehensive question, but it, bo- it boils down to one thing, and that is that people that have a bad reaction to exposure to this virus The first thing they have to understand is this is a lifestyle disease. Yeah. That it's how we are living our lives that have created this depository in our body of vulnerability. So when we're exposed to this virus, we don't have the tools to deal with it appropriately. Over 80% of the people who are exposed to this virus get no symptoms whatsoever. Mm -hmm. They don't know they've got it
1: or that yeah. they had
0: it, unless they do the test for antibodies to see, do I have immunity to this virus? And that means you were exposed, your body took care of it, and now you've got antibodies protecting you in case you get exposed again. Right. And that's a finger prick test from the same company, you know, the same lab, mm-hmm. so it's a great test to do. So, but it's a lifestyle condition, meaning what's happened in your body up to this point determines whether or not you're going to get symptoms when you're exposed. So it's not if, it's when you're going to be exposed to this virus. Right, right. And so those that get a little bit of a fever, they get a sore throat for a day or two, they get a little diarrhea and then they're fine and there's nothing else, they say, oh, good, my body's strong It took care of it. No, it didn't. You got sick. You got a fever. So you also want to look at how come, my body got sick and it had to rally and produce a fever to kill off this virus. How come this virus got in and then it accumulated to the point to where my body had to produce a fever? Mm-hmm. So let's just talk a little about that and what happens here. That, this virus, it, receptor sites are like catcher's mitts in baseball and the pitcher throws the ball to the catcher. And the receptor sites, and the receptor sites sit on the outside of cells. They face the bloodstream. So anything in the blood that can go into that catcher's mitt uh, can get inside the cell. Thyroid hormone goes into a thyroid hormone receptor site. It won't go into an estrogen hormone receptor site. It goes into a thyroid hormone receptor site. Well, this virus, it can't do anything to you in your bloodstream. It's got to get inside your cells so that it can shed. It doesn't reproduce, it's kinda like you lose hair, and you got a little dander for something, you're shedding hair. The virus sheds inside your cells, and and now there's more virus. And then the new virus sheds, and the new virus sheds. But to get inside your cell, it's gotta go through a receptor site. And the receptor site that this virus goes through is called ACE2. Now it's kinda geeky stuff, but what's important Mm -hmm. to know is that there are things in your diet that will increase the virus getting into ACE2 receptors or decrease the virus getting into ACE2 receptors. The things that decrease the virus getting into ACE2 receptors are polyphenols, the bright colors of fruits and vegetables, mostly fruits, you know, but some vegetables like red beets and blue berries and purple cabbage, that these colors, they're They're polyphenols, they're compounds that protect the ACE2 receptor, so the virus can't get inside the cell, whereas it's the only place it can shed is inside the cell. So the first thing everyone needs to do is the rainbow diet. You guys need to know that half of your plate for every meal needs to be the colors of the rainbow. Lots and lots of colors. Which colors? All the colors. That's the first thing that everyone needs to know is that what you put in your mouth determines the vulnerability of the ACE2 receptor for the virus to get in there and then get inside the cell.
1: That's so amazing. Can we just take a moment? How amazing is that? I mean, really? truly food is medicine, right? We hear that term thrown around, but that, that's truly incredible.
0: It really is. Yeah. It, it really is. I've got another good one for you. That I'm, I'm so stoked about this, <laughs> you know, when, when I found this out. So if the virus gets inside the cell, and for most people it will to some degree, and then you might get a little fever to kill it, you know, you might get a little sore throat and hopefully your immune system rallies. And, but if the virus gets inside the cell, what's the next backup mechanism we've got to prevent the virus from shedding inside the cell? losing its hair, if you will, dandruff. How do you prevent the dandruff of the virus inside your cell? You've gotta have enough zinc inside your cell. Zinc in the bloodstream doesn't make any difference. I mean, it's important to be in the bloodstream, but it's gotta get inside the cell. And, you know, your bloodstream's just a highway. You know, there's just lots of traffic on the highway. Mm -hmm. But to get zinc inside the cell, where if any virus gets in, it prevents it from shedding, To get zinc inside the cell, here comes a geek term. You need an ionophore, (laughs) I-O-N-O-P-H-O-R-E. It's a great Scrabble word. Uh An ionophore escorts zinc inside the cell. Now, and uh, one of the top ionophores is quercetin. That's why you see some studies that say quercetin is helpful in supporting your immune system when dealing with virus exposure. It it really is, because it acts as a transporter, an ionophore, to get the zinc inside your cell. And when you have adequate amounts of zinc inside your cell, the virus can't shed. It can't lose its hair and form new virus inside your cell, inside Mm -hmm. the cell. Now, here's the cool part. You go back to the 1880s, 1890s, in India, when the British were in control there and the British were given quinine to prevent malaria. Now, why? Because quinine works to prevent malaria, and that's where the drug hydroxychloroquine comes from. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a pharmaceutical copy of quinine from the fever tree in India. So the soldiers would take the quinine because quinine is a zinc ionophore. That's how it works to prevent malaria. It's so cool when you understand this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So, this quinine from the fever tree gets inside the cell. It escorts zinc inside the cell, and then zinc protects you from getting malaria. Now, but this quinine is really bitter tasting. I mean, it's bad news. So, the British would take a little bit of fruit juice and a little bit of sugar to mix it with the quinine. And that's where the song came from just a little bit of sugar helps the medicine go down. No way. That's where it came from. It came out of England because of that.
1: This is like major brain candy right now.
0: That's right, that's right. (laughs) And here's one more pearl that that, that the soldiers got permission to put a teaspoon of gin with it. Thus was born the gin and tonic. Hey. (laughs) Tonic water, tonic water is quinine with a little bit of fruit, a little bit of sugar. So, that's wow. tonic water
1: so, so should we all just be drinking tonic water
0: when I learned <laughs> this my wife and I started drinking one tonic water a day and <laughs> Done. you know you know because it might help it I'm not saying it cures the virus don't do that don't exaggerate this stuff but it's all the little baby steps that you take that cumulatively help now be cautious though the commercial tonic waters out there usually have a whole lot of sugar Wow. And the, the, the inexpensive ones also don't have any quinine. They've got mm-hmm. a bunch of chemicals that make it taste like quinine. So you, you have to read the label and make sure it says quinine on it, and you, and you want the, the ones that don't have much sugar. Now there's a company called Fever Tree, like the tree in India that quinine comes from, and they have five different tonic waters, and one of them is called India Light which means it's got much less sugar. And cool. that's what we use. We use the India light about, and then we, we dilute it about 50% with just plain water on ice with a couple of slices of lime in it. And so now we're not doing any, any gin with it, because you know, I don't like gin, but, uh, but we're doing a tonic water every day. And it's one of those little baby steps that may help a little bit. It may not, but it's not going to hurt you.
1: Yeah, I love it. That's awesome. So so some things you mentioned to help support these cells to protect, you know, from the virus getting in, you mentioned polyphenols and things like beets, blueberries, purple cabbage, essentially having a rainbow diet because all the different colors have unique benefits. And then if the virus does get in some ways to help prevent the virus from shedding. So zinc, you want to make sure to get, but you want to make sure it gets into the cells, which quercetin helps to do that, right?
0: Exactly, exactly. Like and, and onions and or tonic yellow, water,
1: apples. Okay. Right, yep, right. Tonic so, waters. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: So the, the two ionophores that I know of that are effective and safe are uh, quercetin, mm-hmm. and as, as you're referencing the fruits that have high quercetin in them, mm-hmm. and tonic water.
1: Okay. And was that, so, so the ones I, I know of would be, you said like, uh, so onions and then apples, right? Those are two sources of quercetin.
0: Right. Just herbs. go to Google and type yeah. in sources of quercetin, and you, <laughs> and you'll see. And it's so-
1: amazing what will show
0: up. That's right. That's yeah. right. And you say, like, "Oh, I eat that one every once in a while." Yeah. Yeah. yeah I did that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And yeah, we use um, at my office. We'll use Aller C, which has quercetin in it, and you know you bet. things for that, you and bet. then you know a so zinc on the side.
0: Right. Yeah. Some people. Some people will. Will enjoy or would prefer to take supplements. And that's always okay to do, you know? You know but yeah. food is your best source.
1: Absolutely, 100%. For sure,
0: for sure. Um, it's really important to keep heading in the direction of a rainbow diet mm-hmm. uh, for any chronic inflammatory disease. And, you know, one of our mentors that we share is Professor Alessio Fasano. Mm-hmm. Uh, this guy is the chair of pediatric gastroenterology at Harvard. And uh, he's the guy that identified zonulin as the protein causing leaky gut back in 1997. Wow. And we think he'll get the Nobel Prize because, Ooh. you know, this is such an incredible field. Uh, and we now know that autoimmune diseases, the gateway in the development of autoimmune diseases is through the gut. It's through a leaky gut. So if you're dealing with rheumatoid or MS or psoriasis or vitiligo, or losing your hair, alopecia, you always have to address the gut, always. And a critical component in addressing the gut and rebuilding a healthy microbiome is the food that you're putting down there. That's why the polyphenols are, not only do they help with this whole topic of viral protection, but they help to rebuild a healthy microbiome. There are so many benefits to a rainbow diet as just the baseline that you come from, you want to get from Chicago to San Diego, you've got to include a rainbow diet in there.
1: Yeah. Walk us through maybe like a day in your life. What would be some some things you would have for your
0: meals? Oh, man, I scored. I married a woman that I, I just scored. You, know? <laughs> you really <laughs> so, did. score. I really hey, did. <laughs> yes, right. Uh, so uh, breakfast this morning, we have uh, uh, organic coffee and I have it with a little bit of um, organic whole brown sugar, just a little, not too much, and uh, some coconut milk and cinnamon. And she does her coffee with two egg yolks and a little bit of uh, uh, MCT oil.
1: So she blends the egg yolks in it?
0: Uh-huh, raw oh, cool. egg yolks, yeah. yeah. It's, it's really quite remarkable. I mm. personally don't like it so much, but she does and she... Mm. Changed her skin and her hair yeah. when she started doing this regularly. So we sit and have coffee together first, and then a few hours later, she'll do a chia seed fruit bowl. And the chia seeds, um, uh, she pours in coconut milk, you know, and is just stirring it up in there, and then maybe a little coconut water if it's thick. And then for the fruit this morning, oh yeah, uh, we're, we're in paradise, and so we're really blessed <laughs> right now, but. Any fruit you've got is great, and it can be frozen fruit. It doesn't have to be fresh. But we had dragon fruit, which is this deep red. It's really beautiful. Beautiful. Mango, passion fruit, and papaya. One, uh, papaya. That was it. <laughs> and so those, uh, and then uh, I put bee pollen on top of mine. Molly, Marzi doesn't use any bee pollen because she's pregnant right now, and so we won't uh, have her exposed to any bee products right now. Uh, But I put bee pollen on mine and poppy seeds. I love poppy seeds. I think it's the stimulation of the opiate receptors that I get a buzz Mm. off of. So I do the poppy (laughs) seeds. And that's my breakfast. And that'll last until about three or four in the afternoon. And then we'll have a mid-afternoon snack, which might be a couple of organic sausages. uh, uh, Let's see, with some olives and uh, some for, uh, a couple of spoonfuls of fermented vegetables. We have five different kinds of fermented vegetables in the refrigerator, you know, like kimchi and sauerkraut and different flavors. And uh, mm-hmm. so we alternate that, and then we'll have a dinner around seven o'clock. So we're trying our best to do the eight sixteen concept, uh-huh. which which is eat all your food within eight hours in a day, uh, and and don't eat any food for sixteen hours. Keep drinking, but don't have any food. Mm-hmm. Because you stimulate more stem cell production when you do that. And stem cells stimulate healthier, younger cells. That mm. You have an entire new body every seven years. Every cell in your body regenerates, some really quick, like the inside of the guts every couple, three days. Some are really slow, but every cell regenerates. And the, the switch that turns on the cellular regeneration are your stem cells. So when you do an eight sixteen diet, you activate more stem cells. And I used to think, Where, why, why does that happen? You know, why would the body do that? How come? And then I realized that one day, you know, I was actually sleeping, and I woke up from it. I said, oh, that's it. And then I went back to sleep. <laughs> you know, our ancestors were foraging for food all the right, time. Right, uh, Aside from safety from saber-toothed tigers, the main thing was finding food. Mm-hmm. And they didn't find three meals a day. Right. <laughs> Sometimes they'd find a meal, and they'd eat, you know, the – they harvest an animal, they gorge on the animal, and, but then they might not find food for a little while. So if they don't eat for a couple of days, they start producing more stem cells to make younger, stronger cells, so they've got the energy and the vitality to go out and find more food.
1: Right, right, exactly. Our bodies actually need to have some of that good stress. That's right, Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So Marzi as well, is she feeling like this is good for her too, even though she's pregnant?
0: Thriving, just thriving. And anytime she feels a need, you know, uh, uh, we've developed a a recognition, a conscious recognition. If you're thinking about food and and, and you want to eat within an hour, let's snack on something right now.
1: Totally. yeah. I think that's good. It's just intuitive eating, listening to your body. Um, and, and for a lot of us who have gotten into the whole snacking real late, you know, Netflix and chill (laughs) using this as comfort food may want to rethink how you're timing your food, because this can help with so many things with your energy, with, you know, brain function, with metabolism, immune system. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I don't want to offend anybody, but I call that the porker protocol. (laughs) You're going to be a porker if you're eating late at night. You can say, well, how come these thighs are? how come I can't lose the weight here? And you can't eat late at night and go to sleep because, you know, your body needs to burn the calories. How many of our ancestors do you think were eating at night?
1: (laughs) Right. You you
0: know, it just didn't happen. And our physiologies are not meant to accommodate that on a regular basis. You know, once in a while you're going out with friends, have a late night dinner. I mean, who cares? But in in terms of lifestyle habits, the more you understand the math, I want to go from Chicago to San Diego. The more you understand, there's a map of how to get there. There's a map of how to get your body to work the way you want it to. The more you understand that, and the more you do the little base hits, like maybe have some tonic water once every couple days or every day right now. You know, make sure you're doing the rainbow diet. Um, Try to eat all your meals closer to within eight hours. The more you do those kinds of things, the closer you get to San Diego.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, one of the things I love doing with my practice is is testing patients for deficiencies, um, because oftentimes they'll run into something like you said, like they they can't lose weight, or if they have a lot of those late night cravings, oftentimes these patients have deficiencies, like zinc, for example. Going back to that, I mean, it's good for your right. immune system, but it's also really important for your blood sugar. Or they may have a deficiency in maybe like copper or chromium or vitamin D, and as a result, they have all of these. You know, cravings for sugar, or they just can't turn off the hunger. So, um, yeah. So looking at and so let's talk about other nutrients. We mentioned you know quercetin, zinc. What are other favorite nutrients just to help support you know enhancing the immune system?
0: Oh my gosh, the uh, uh, arguably the number one on the list. Arguably, because zinc's really important, and you know quercetin's extremely helpful. But zinc's important to protect you if a virus gets inside your cell. I've never seen anything that is as effective.
1: Mm-hmm. And zinc
0: for that. But arguably, in the big picture, it's vitamin D.
1: Yeah.
0: That vitamin D, there are so many cool things about vitamin D. I'll, I'll tell you this story. Back in 2004, there was an article on the front page of the paper in Chicago. They found four people on an army base up in the Arctic tundra, buried in the, in the Arctic tundra, who died in the 1918 Spanish flu. And because they were buried in the tundra, they were completely preserved. I mean, look like they died yesterday. And they wanted to dig them up and find out how they died. And they said, no, 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 don't expose the virus, no. But they did, and they took precautions, and they found out how they died. And what was identified was the cytokine storm. That what happened was people went to work, young and healthy. These are Army personnel, you know, in their 20s and 30s. And some of them didn't make it home that night. They were in the hospital by that. They were fine in the morning. They were in the hospital by the evening. They were dead the next day. Wow. What the heck is this? So they dug these people up. And what they found out was that in our lungs, we have soldiers that are there from the immune system called macrophages that are designed to fire chemical bullets at any threats that come in by what you breathe in the air. So if you breathe in something that's a threat, it activates a macrophage to fire their chemical bullet called a cytokine to destroy that thing. And that's a really good thing. You know, we wouldn't be here if we didn't have that. But what happened to these four people is that that high-powered rifle firing a chemical bullet to destroy whatever the threat was, and it was a virus that came in, that high-powered rifle, the trigger... Got stuck in the on position and that high powered rifle became a submachine gun. That's a cytokine storm. Now, where in the heck does that come from? Well, the next year, an article came out in the journal Blood and they identified one of the mechanisms and they thought the primary mechanism of why that can happen, and it's that. When the macrophages in your lungs get activated to fire their chemical bullet, the macrophages have another function that comes up. So I'm going to sidestep for a minute and then come back to this. When we get sunshine on our skin, the sun converts hormones in our skin, they're called prehormones, in our skin to vitamin D. And the form of vitamin D is called 25-hydroxy-D. But your cells really can't use 25-hydroxy vitamin D. The, The 25 has to be converted to 125. And that happens in the kidneys and in the liver, and actually in many different tissues. 25 gets converted to 125, so it's usable by the cells. What they found out in the journal Blood was that the macrophages, when they get activated to fire their chemical bullet to fight whatever came in, they become a conversion factory for 25 to 125 vitamin D. And the 125 vitamin D acts as an emergency brake to let go of the trigger. So it stops the macrophages from overreacting. Now, we know that vitamin D helps to support immune system function, but what is this about vitamin D inhibiting immune system function? Why would that happen? Which 125 inhibits the macrophages from firing any more chemical bullets. So the macrophage turns into a factory to make 25 into 125, which stops firing chemical bullets. Why is that? It's like you're driving your car down the road. You're in San Francisco and you're driving around town and, you know, you're going about 30 miles an hour. You're catching a lot of green lights. You're, you're, you know, floating. Oh, nice. Got four green lights, five green lights. And you're going down the road in you know, the middle of town. And now you're going downhill and you still got green lights in front of you. Well, you've got to like ride the brake a little bit because you're downhill and you're going faster. You have to take your foot off the gas and ride that brake a little bit or else you keep going too fast. 125 rides the brake of the macrophages so they they don't go too fast. They don't get the trigger stuck and become a submachine gun. Mm -hmm. That's why vitamin D, one reason why vitamin D is so critical for your immune system during this time of this current pandemic that we're in. You have to have adequate amounts of vitamin D so that it helps your immune system to respond and it puts the brake on your immune system from over-responding.
1: Yeah, and definitely get tested because you know, you don't want to just assume oh I'm in the sun, so I have great levels. I mean, I would say with my practice, I would say, you know, I like to see it around a 70 and over 90 percent of my patients are under 50.
0: Exactly. For sure. Exactly. And you're in Carlsbad, California. Yeah, this
1: is a sunny area.
0: (laughs) Or you're no, you're in Solana Beach, sorry. Yep, yep. Right. It's 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 Southern California sunshine. And so many people are deficient. Well, I get the sun. No, you don't. Or you've got suntan lotion on, which blocks it. You know, yeah. you just have to check. And it's an easy finger prick test or a blood test. It's so easy to do and it's inexpensive. And it's the one test I think everyone needs to get done at least once a year, every year.
1: Mm-hmm. So you were talking about on your Instagram. Just different and, and you do great very practical tools so any all you guys definitely check out Dr. Tom O'Brien on Instagram um really practical stuff so if you let's say were to get COVID what would you do
0: well the first thing I do is make sure my vitamin D is so if what what you're saying is if I start getting some symptoms
1: yeah and you think that you have it, what, would what would I you do? do
0: right away right right so the first thing I do is you know if it's me that's different than somebody else so if it's somebody else, I'm going to evaluate them to see what their lifestyle is like. How do they eat uh, for a history? How often are they doing french fries and bad fats and, and potato chips, you know, and all kinds of garbage food. I mean, is that regular for them? All right, then I'm gonna know they're likely toxic. They've got elevated levels of LPS, a, toxic in, a toxin in your bloodstream, and they're likely gonna be nutrient deficient. First, you have to get a sense of what's the lifestyle that brought them to the stage of being vulnerable. And as, as a physician, you, know, you don't wanna just shotgun, you wanna try and get some information. If I can do a couple of tests, I'm gonna do the vitamin D test right away. I would certainly do, as you referenced earlier, you like to look at nutrient levels. I might do a spectrocell or something like that to get the big picture, but that takes a few, a four or five days to a week to get back, so I'm not gonna wait. But I'd look to the lifestyle first. I change their lifestyle. I'm going to give them some zinc. I'm going to give them some quercetin immediately, and the test will come back to tell me within a week or so what's their zinc level. Well, if I've supplemented them for a week or so, it's not going to harm them. Right. And it's you know you don't want to take healthy amounts of zinc supplements long term uh, for months and months and months because you can cause a copper deficiency. But you're not going to cause a problem if you take it for a week or two. Yeah. It's fine. So I'd rather err on the side of having abundant doses of nutrients. If I were back in Encinitas where I lived for 10 years, I'd go to your office and I'd get an IV right away. Yeah. And I'd probably do an IV every couple days just to make sure that the nutrients that I need are in plenty right now. I'd make sure that I'm detoxed. I might do a colonic uh, or an enema. Uh, I would, I might do a sauna depending on how I felt just to flush out some toxic crud in our bodies because the people that are having this this cytokine storm in intensive care units and they're put on respirators, over 90% of them die on a respirator. I mean, that's a terrible statistic, but docs don't know what else to do. And one of the contributors to that is that they're so toxic. There's Mm -hmm. so much accumulated lipopolysaccharide in their body from years of subtle little amounts getting in from a leaky gut, years years of it that they're just loaded with all this stuff. And the mechanisms that are being identified as triggering this, um, antibodies to phospholipids causing this inflammatory cascade in their lungs, phospholipid antibodies are produced to fight lipopolysaccharides. Mm-hmm. It's not an autoimmune mechanism. Papers have been coming out on that for the last four or five years. You have elevated phospholipid antibodies, you got LPS. You're toxic as can be. Mm-hmm. And your body's trying to protect you because what it usually does isn't working. So these are like backup. Now, that, I'm sorry, that's really geeky, but you're asking me how I would approach somebody. <laughs> So those are some of the things that I would do right away.
1: Yeah, no, I would echo all of those. And I would also definitely think about doing glutathione, especially if you can get absolutely. it as a, as a nebulizer, right? So yeah, breathing yeah. it right into the lungs.
0: Really so good, really goes. good suggestion. There's some good papers on nebulizers of glutathione uh, for people in crisis. Uh, they've mm-hmm. come out in the last couple of months. You're absolutely right on that.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a nutrient that's used in having positive results in HIV and AIDS because it's so antiviral. It's such a potent immune supporter. So yeah, getting that right into the tissues is amazing. And, and I had patients, right, exactly, exactly. And we, we have um, a local delivery here in San Diego where we deliver uh, nebulizers and deliver shots to people, but you know, and you can even really order the nebulizer if you're not local, but it's i uh, I've had patients say they thought they had COVID. They felt like they, you know, really couldn't take long walks, they would get shortness of breath, even just going from their bed to the bathroom, they get shortness of breath. Yeah. And using the nebulizer, I mean, within just a few treatments, they had a lot more ability to exactly. take a breath and just amazing. the
0: difference. Exactly. And that's because the glutathione that's in the mist that you're breathing gets into the lungs and it reduces the inflammation. Mm-hmm. It's called the master antioxidant. It flushes out a lot of the toxic crud that's in there, and it reduces the inflammation so your lungs work better very quickly.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. So we talked about some of the things to include in your diet. What are some of the other foods to be worried about?
0: To be worried about? Well, of course, high sugar. Uh, Mm -hmm. Sugar weakens the immune system. So I just tell people, don't do any added sugar products. Well, what do you mean? Well, you know what I mean. If you're wondering, should I eat this or not? The answer is no. Right. You know, if you think about, well, is this good? The answer is no. (laughs) Right. Now I add a little bit of sugar to my coffee every day, a little bit, about a half a teaspoon, I guess, of organic brown sugar, but that's it. I don't do anything else. It's sweet. You've earned your right for that. (laughs) That's right. That's right. You know, if I were a purist, I probably wouldn't do that. I'd use honey or something else, but I don't like the taste of honey in my coffee. i tried it. Any sweetened beverages? Absolutely not. Everyone needs to be drinking a half ounce of water per pound body weight every day. You have to have enough fluid to escort the toxins out of your system. You weigh 150 pounds, that's 75 ounces of water a day. It's more than half a gallon. Oh my God, I'll be peeing all day. That's the idea. (laughs) got To flush out the toxins, right? It's a half ounce per pound body weight, and everyone should be counting. You know, uh, get your mug or your glass, measure how many ounces are in it, and then how many of that glass do you have to drink a day? You know, it's six of those or eight of those. Count them. Say, oh my god, I just drink one or two a day, and I need to drink six. Yes, and you'll just start feeling so much better. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's crazy. It. I
1: just have to say, like the so many of my patients that come to see me and these are my people who come to see me are generally really health conscious, just to say it's not yeah. the average American person and right. probably 90% of them don't get the amount of water that they need. Right. So I'm sure the vast majority of us don't listening.
0: Yeah. And you, you want the purest water that you can get, you know, the cleanest water. I mean, if you have no other source, drink the tap water, uh, uh, but you well, but it's not pure. And so I'm going to drink Coca-Cola no coca-cola is made with <laughs> tap water and a bunch of other crud <laughs> right
1: right
0: it's got all that crud in it anyway uh, but get the um, it's a really good investment to get a whole house water filtration system if you can so that the water that you shower in the water your family brushes their teeth in the water you wash your hands in, and then you take a drink from is as clean and pure as possible but if all you can afford is a brita water filter that sits on the countertop you know you pour water in there goes through a filter and it sits in the in the jug afterwards that's better than nothing yeah but just get the best that you can and that's where you source your drinking water
1: yep absolutely it's you get a filter or be a filter
0: Right. Choose right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I've not heard that before. That's a good
1: one. It's going to come from somewhere. So, good. Um, good. Are any other little super tools, kind of um, hacks? Anything that you guys are doing to help support you through this? Or
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, for most people who are scared about this virus, the fear is, what happens if I can't breathe? And The primary trigger that sets off the exaggerated reaction in the lungs, in my clinical opinion, I've not seen a paper that states it this way, but this is my clinical opinion, I want to be very clear about that, is how much crud is in your lungs right now. The more toxic you are with crud in the lungs, because your lungs are a filter, it's an air filter, just like the oil filter in your car, mm-hmm. your lungs are an air filter for what you're breathing. Mm-hmm. And if you ever see the sunshine coming through your window in the house, you're sitting there and you look up, you see the rays of the sun coming through and you can see the dust in the air. Right. That's what you're breathing all day, every day. And you don't realize that that dust has got phthalates in it because the plastic blinds on the windows outgas the chemicals the phthalates use to mold the plastic or the formaldehyde in the press board furniture or kitchen cabinets outgas into the air. Yeah. Or the, the chemicals from Scotchgard on your sofa outgas into the air. And that's what you're seeing in the air when you see the rays of the sunshine and a little bit of dust and stuff that's in the air. That's what yeah. you're seeing is all the crud that's inside your house. NASA published a study, and they showed that putting two Six-inch houseplants in in a 10 by 10 room pulls out over 70% of the trichloroethylene in the air, over 40% of the formaldehyde in the air, the phthalates in the air, that these simple houseplants suck up these toxins, carry them down into the roots where the microbiome of the soil breaks down these chemicals, and then produces oxygen and puts the oxygen back in the air. Two six-inch plants wow. in every room. And people say, well, I don't do well with plants. Buy new ones every month or two. Who cares? You know, right. costs, okay. it's four bucks for a six-inch plant. So you, you go to Home Depot and you just buy some of these plants uh, and you just Google, or we've got a handout on this, uh, uh, you just Google house plants that absorb toxins. And you see, they're really common everyday houseplants like ivy absorbs a lot of toxin. Mother in law tongue, those straight ones that shoot straight up in the air, they absorb a lot of toxins. So, these little things that you do, because indoor air pollution is so much worse than outdoor air pollution in most places in this country, and people don't know that, only run your dishwasher when everybody's asleep at night. Because the toxins from that dishwashing detergent that's heated up, in the, and it gets in the air. Because dishwashers are not airtight. They're watertight, but they're not airtight. Mm. So you only run the dishwasher when everyone's sleeping. So none of that stuff that gets into the air, you're breathing it in. Mm. You've got a handout for, uh, actually, I've got five handouts for you guys today on this kind of stuff. Um, it's called help, you know, the doctor.com forward slash help, H E L P. And it's the doctor.com. It's the dot Don't spell the word doctor out. And you get these five handouts just cause you know, we want to give it to you. Cause Dr. is a good friend of mine and you like, like, Oh really? Houseplants? Oh, that's easy. Oh really? A dishwasher? I never thought of that. Okay. Oh really? I should turn off the wireless at night when we're sleeping. So I'm not blasting my children's brains. Yes. You're not using the wireless turn it off at night I and mean, so many little things like that
1: yeah so. such smart little tweaks and and so important these different suggestions because we're all at home so much more right now so exactly. yeah we're at home to protect ourselves from this virus right but we're all exposing ourselves to all these different chemicals now it's like so what which, which is better
0: exactly and when you read that indoor air pollution is worse than outdoor in most places Because you don't know that the flame retardant chemicals in your sheets and your blankets on the bed are outgassing these chemicals for years into the air. And you're breathing it while you're sleeping all night. So in the handout about the bedroom, we say, when you can, switch out your sheets for organic cotton sheets. Oh, I have to wash them more often. And they they look wrinkled when they come out of the dryer. Live with it. Right, because the wrinkle free stuff, those are chemicals that they put in there. And there is no evidence that the chemicals in wrinkle free sheets that outgas into the air is toxic to humans. There's no evidence of that. But this stuff is accumulative. Give me 20 years, 30 years, 40 years of accumulating these minute amounts of these toxic chemicals. Now you got a problem in your lungs. Now you get exposed to this virus and you get an overreaction of the lungs and now you've got a cytokine storm and now now you've got a problem right right it's it's the environment of the lungs that you want to address with all the little baby steps that you can do that will help protect you in case you have an immune reaction uh in your lungs to this virus
1: you know what i do instead of the dryer sheets i use those those wool balls and then i do essential oils on them. So I'll put like yeah. seven or eight drops of oh, whatever That's I wanted smart. to smell like. It's so nice. Yeah. I don't get any wrinkles. Um, they dry like twice as fast. And then it smells, you know, like lavender or orange or whatever. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah I just thought hat. of that.
0: Rose petals. I love the smell of rose petals. Ooh, yeah.
1: Put some rose oil on there. So you good. Um, love it, love it. We have just flown through this. I could talk to you for hours, but we'll <laughs> respect people's time and respect your time too. Um, Any parting words for our audience before we let you back to paradise?
0: (laughs) One last thing, I think, that's uh, hopefully empowering for people. My most recent book is called You Can Fix Your Brain, and the subtitle is Just One Hour a Week to the Best Memory, Productivity, and Sleep You've Ever Had. And when people hear uh, me talk or uh, listen to your show every week, they they get overwhelmed because there's so much information out there. You know, then you hear, "Oh, that sounds good." Oh, that sounds good. Oh, 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 that sounds good. And there is so much you get overwhelmed, and you get immobilized like a deer in headlights. You know, you don't do anything. So, just one hour a week, meaning every Tuesday night after dinner, or every Sunday morning after services, whenever it is, but every week, you just allocate one hour, at the same time every week, and uh, to learn a little more and implement one little thing. For example, when you learn that. Plastic storage containers leach phthalates into the food and you store your leftover chicken in the refrigerator overnight in a plastic storage container. The chicken's got phthalates the next day. Now there's no evidence that the amount of phthalates that leach out of plastic storage containers into chicken overnight is toxic to humans. That's how they get away with this crap, you know, but we're all exposed to so many chemicals like never before in history. The only way to get to Chicago or from Chicago to San Diego, is the map. And the map is one hour a week learning one more thing to do. And I'll give you this analogy because I think it really helps. 1986, an MD microbiologist in Australia writes an article and says, you know, I think that bacteria sometimes cause ulcers. Everybody said, what are you, a nutcase? Everybody knows that ulcers are caused by too much acid in the stomach, and you have to take antacids. nutcase. And he was ostracized, so what did he do? He did an endoscopy. He put a tube down his throat and took pictures of the healthy pink tissue of his stomach. Then he drank a beaker, a beaker of a bacteria called Heliobacter pylori. Then he waited 4 or 5 days until he was as sick as could be stomach pain took another endoscopy and pictures of his ulcerating stomach then he took antibiotics to kill the bacteria waited a week until he felt better and took another endoscopy pictures of the healthy pink tissue of his stomach then he published it with the pictures then everybody knew he was a nutcase but <laughs> he proved that sometimes Ulcers are caused by a bacteria, sometimes. And the World Health Organization thought this was so important. They sent this paper out to every medical society in the world and said, pass this out to all your members. Why would they do that? Because at the time, stomach cancer was the number one cancer in the world, and it's caused often by a heliobacter infection. So if doctors check for heliobacter when somebody's got heartburn, upset stomach, and they find heliobacter, get rid of it, they may prevent stomach cancer. So, life-changing for millions of people. But he still was ostracized, but he didn't care. You know, he just had the reputation of being in that case. 21 years later, Dr. Barry Marshall wins the Nobel Prize in Physiology. And the Nobel Committee said, and this is the quote, who with tenacity and a prepared mind challenged prevailing dogma. You need a map to challenge the prevailing dogma of how you currently live your life if you want different results. You need tenacity, one hour a week, every week. And prepare your mind by listening to this broadcast and reading my books and reading other health books that Dr. Lauren recommends. And with tenacity and a prepared mind, you challenge the prevailing dogma of what you currently think is okay in lifestyle. That's how you win a Nobel prize in health is by having this strategy one hour a week, just little bits and pieces to win the ball game.
1: Thanks doc.
0: Yeah. I appreciate
1: you. Thank you so, so much for being so generous with your time and you working your butt off every day. I see the, really the commitment you have to your mission, and um, it's so inspiring, so thank you so much for um, spending your time with us.
0: Thank you, Lauren, really a pleasure, and Godspeed to everyone here.
1: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.